0: And welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers NFL Draft Podcast. It's all the things because we're getting you all the reactions. The NFL Draft is finally over. Dale Lolly, Chris Carter, we've been coming at it all weekend on DKPittsburghSports.com, breaking down the picks, giving you live coverage. Now you're going to get to listen to us talk about these picks. Dale, first and foremost, we haven't got a chance to talk this on the podcast. You and I, first of all, I got to acknowledge this. With our dueling mocks between us, we had 13 correct matches of teams to players um, and 49 guys who made the first round. So I think both of us did a pretty bang up job as far as mock drafting right guys. And both of us were correct that Najee Harris went to the Steelers. To, to me, and you, and you and me were talking about it, this was, this was the big deal. This was, was, was going to happen, and the Steelers followed that followed through on that plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that they targeted. Uh, it's a guy that they wanted. It's a guy that makes them a better football team right away. Uh, the people who were talking about the, this as, well, the Steelers needed to fix their offensive line first. Well, they did that. Mm-hmm. They went out and they addressed the offensive line later in the draft. Uh, they also addressed tight end which is also part of that running game. Uh, but quite frankly, I mean, running back was their weakest position on the roster. Uh, it was one that they had to get better at. Um, you know, uh, there, there was a local radio personality who, who came after me, uh, for saying that, um, the Steelers line was the issue. And I said, no, if you look at it, James Conner averaged four point three yards a carry last season, which isn't great, but it's still four point three yards a carry. That's an that's a an average style NFL running game. The rest of the running backs all averaged three point one yards per carry. The, it wasn't all the offensive line, folks. It was a lot of it was the running backs missing holes and doing things of that nature. Um, so Najee Harris is better than James Conner. I think we can all agree on that. Yes, yes, he's an upgrade there. So the Steelers' running back room goes from being what was the worst in the league probably over the last two to three years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, all uh, you know respect to James Connor, uh, it was still the worst running back room in the league. Yeah. To at least being league average and with the potential, if Najee Harris is who they think he is, to being maybe a top ten, uh at least a top ten player at that position. Yeah. Um, there's there's certainly the potential there for that. So uh, you know, you look at the guys. Uh, I thought DK laid this out pretty well in his column uh, on on Friday about the Najee Harris pick. You look at the other Alabama running backs mm-hmm. uh, drafted in recent years, and they've all done pretty darn well. Yeah. Um, and you know, Najee Harris. Uh, he's six one. He's two hundred and thirty two pounds. He's probably the closest one to Derrick Henry of that group.
0: Yeah. Now, he, doesn't de-
1: he doesn't have he doesn't have Henry straight line speed. Right. But what he does better than Henry is catch the football
0: mm-hmm. and not and not just catch the ball football as a screen and get out in space. No, he li- I've seen this man line up outside the numbers, you know, make it make put up, run a nice route, get open, catch the ball outside of his frame, bring it in and then run after the catch. Like, the, you know, he's the not. Comp, gonna end-
1: the, the, yeah, the comps for him are, are guys like Le'Veon Bell.
0: Yeah.
1: Matt Forte. Mm-hmm. If you can get a guy like that. Uh, who transforms your running back room. The 24th pick in the draft is well worth it.
0: Right. And that's what we're talking about here, is that f- very rare does it line up that you can get the best guy in the in, in this draft class. And I'd say it's a consensus that, like, you know, there was someone that said Travis Etienne, but I'd say the consensus best running back of this class was Najee Harris to line up with the immediate need that you had on your roster and, and that's what happened in this draft class and 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 you know what to into the people who say well they still got to fix the offensive line dale something that a that adrian clem said after both the picks of center slash guard kendrick green and then offensive tackle dan moore jr out of, out of texas a&m he said you know he talked about how we're we're going you know he talked about how like these guys are nasty they have a nasty demeanor they they like to run block This was what Mike Tomlin was talking about. We said, you know, know, it's not all about, you know, this, it's about we got to get the right scheme in place. We got to get the right idea of what we want to do in here. The Steelers aren't just changing personnel to get the better run game. They're going to change how they run block. And they, and that's the thing. They were able to get that running back early on. And like you and I preached for months on this podcast platform with DK sports radio, they could get the linemen to do what they want to do later in the draft. Now, granted, we got to still see what they do. You know, there's no guarantee that Kendrick Green's going to pop in and change everything and be, you know, be an immediate starter. But the prospects of, of him and more being there are really good compared to if they had, end, if the Steelers had ended up with a Trey Sermon.
1: Yeah, the, the people who were saying, oh, you just go and, and take a running back uh, in the middle rounds and plug him in uh, and, and get your line better. First of all, tell me who you would have taken there with that 24th pick. Right. Because guys like Tevin Jenkins uh, and and players of that nature didn't go until later. Yep. Uh, They went after all the running backs were taken, I might add. Uh, Tevin, uh, you know, uh, Javante Williams went with the 35th pick overall. Yep. Uh, So the running backs, the top three running backs were gone in 35 picks, which is exactly what, you know, we've been saying all along, Um, you know, so they transformed their running game. By, by going out and doing that. And, and I'll tell you what, I, you know, Kendrick Green, to me, will be the starting center sooner rather than later. Uh, it may not happen right out of the gate this season, uh, but I would expect it to happen at some point this season. And then you get Pat Fryermuth in the second round who will help your running game. Um, you know, a, a blocking tight end, uh, or a tight end who can block, I should say. That's part of his game, uh, who also happens to be a pretty good pass catcher wouldn't surprise me to see him wind up getting more snaps this season than Eric Ebron. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so they got two starters there in the first two picks, potentially three with green. And then you got some good depth pieces uh, the rest of the way in their draft that, uh, you know, could help you out uh, this season. Maybe, maybe they don't, you know, if if things go well, they don't start. But as we saw last year, things happen over the course of the season and maybe you call on some of these guys.
0: Right. Maybe you're calling on some of these guys. Yeah. And, and something, you know, the, you know, our, Ar- our, Ar- we said this, uh, we got to improve the run game and, and Mike Tomlin, he said, he's the boss, you know, like, you know, we're, that, that is an objective here. The first four picks of this NFL draft class for the Steelers were offensive players that hasn't happened.
1: Who could help change the run
0: game. And, 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 and yeah. <laughs> and who could help change the run game. First of all, four offensive players uh, you know, straight up like that, haven't happened since 1984. And that was the year they, they drafted Louie Lips, but as far as for the Steelers, uh, but putting them all as guys that are going to help in the running game. Like you said, Pat Frymouth, and, and uh, uh, you know, when 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 you look at this, when you, add, when you have the possibility to have tight ends on the board and tight ends who are threats at receiving and can help block, it puts the defense in a sketchy situation where they got to say, dang it, we got to be worried about th- those guys but we also have to be worried about the run. And then you put defenses on their heels. Then they start guessing. And that's what you want to force them to do. Force them to guess so that you can exploit more of their mistakes. And now with Eric Ebron and Pratt-Franwith, Maybe you run a couple 12 personnel for formations and then, you know, if teams start to get scared of Najee Harris, if he starts to have a start having a good year, that's when you start opening up play action. And one of the Ben Roethlisberger's back in the day when they ran a lot of play act, a lot more play, play action. That's when Heath Miller used to get a lot of his best targets.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about that player personnel package, um, you know, you get your five offensive linemen. Yep. You got Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. Najee Harris is going to be out there, so that's mm-hmm. seven guys. Mm-hmm. So now you can put four targets out there. If it's Fryermuth, Ebron, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, what are you putting out there as a defense? You're probably going with a run package. Yep. Uh, you know, you're you're going with a base package or something big, but you've got guys there that can beat you over the top. And Claypool, uh, Ebron can can win matchups. Fryermuth can win matchups. Obviously, Juju can. And, oh, by the way, uh, as we mentioned, Najee Harris can catch the football as well. Um, So if you try to go big against that big package, and that's a big package. When Juju's the smallest guy on the field, (laughs) that's a big package. Um, You know, so uh, it gives them options. You know, that you could sub out Deontay Johnson for that, uh, whoever you want to do there. But um, they've got options there. They they are a matchup issue. And the other thing this does, Chris, uh, if you look at those first four picks,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, Okay, so Ben Roethlisberger, maybe this is his last year. It probably is, in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Well, whoever that quarterback is in 2022 is going to love this draft.
0: Yes, there. That that's something that I was thinking this whole time when I was looking at this. Is like, again, it's not. Uh, it's not about just this year. If a if another quarterback comes here next year, and you're talking about either whether it's a veteran from another team or a rookie in the draft. You're gonna have a top drafted running back. You're gonna have an offensive line that's gonna have several younger pieces on it. You're gonna have talent. We already know they're gonna have talented receivers. And now you know whether or not whether or not you keep Ebron. You know you're gonna have an athletic tight end there that was drafted in the second round just the year before. That's, that's a lot of stuff to work with you're, you're not gonna be barren and hoping that oh man, I'm hoping that these other new guys that are brought this year are gonna work out for me. There's gonna be guys who know the room and that makes it easier for new quarterbacks when they can come into a system and say, okay this guy knows what's going on and they can come to me and help me figure things out and to build those relationships. that kind of that stuff kind of work that works Dale. it's so um, all in all on top of you know putting it together they, we knew they needed to address the run game in some way. I think that this was a very strategic way, a very good way to, to get value for these picks because, like uh, you know, Pat Frymouth, you and I, we we didn't think he'd be drafted by the Steelers. Why? Because I, I personally thought he might have got drafted earlier in the second round. And when you fought, when you fell that far, I'm like, you know what? That gets you a second tight end you can use right now after Vance McDonald retired, and he might be, your, like you said, he might be your first tight end with the weight with the combination of blocking, and receiving that he might bring.
1: Oh, yeah, he's the number one tight end down the road. If not this year, uh, then sometime in the near future. Year. I mean, he's the, the highest ranked or the highest they've drafted a tight end since Heath Miller in 2005. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy will be a longtime Steeler. I have no doubt about that. Um, you know, Steeler fans are just going to have to figure out what they want to chant, you know, when, <laughs> when he cat- catches the football. Is it going to be Pat uh, or Muth? Maybe Muth. I think Muth works, doesn't it?
0: What if they just do Heath? What if they just, what if it's just, well, that's what they will eat? do.
1: That's what they will do. But you know, uh, come up with something more original. Come on, Steeler fans work on this.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I, I can totally see Jesse James is just like, uh, okay, I guess, but uh, At least I can, he
1: played with Heath Miller. Really? You know? like he
0: knew who Heath was. And like, but yeah, but, but Pat Pryor was going to be like, huh? What? <laughs> but Hey, I, I totally get that. But like, like we said, offensive pieces, those are huge to get the run game going to bring the balance to the offense Cause that's what tore apart this offense at the end of the season when they didn't have some, one Ben needs someone he can trust to hand the ball to two, they needed to have, I think reinforcements to, to push this idea that Adrian Clemson was, we want to, we want to bully people. We want to control people. And I thought the way that he talked about both Kendrick green and Dan Moore was that these guys are mean these guys bury people and they're used to burying people you know, you know Illinois Big Ten uh you know uh, they're used to uh,
1: being the hammer not the nail
0: exactly and 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 it's fine to have one offensive uh, passive offensive lineman to help with pass protection but it's clear that with the direction this team's going even with Ben on the team this year if you got Najee Harris you you need road graders and that's what they got with these guys even if even if Dan Moore doesn't see starting time right away this year, because they got Zach Banner back and a core four, you know, it's supposed to be penciled in at left tackle. I think that bringing him on might push a core four because a core four to me, he's one of those passive guys. He's not a, he's not a bury you guy. He, he's very, it's he very good footwork. He has very good pass protection, but now you're going to have a guy behind you. That's like, look, I'm going to go out and run, blocks people down the field. And you're going to see the Steelers being like, look, Chuks, we need you to, we need you to start getting more active in the run game. And, and either that pushes him. Or maybe you see a rookie come in there and start to make an impact in the ground game.
1: Yeah, I think that's the case. And so, uh, you know, again, this sets up well for future years. Um, You know, the Steelers fix their run game. I don't know what Steeler fan out there. First of all, we know Steeler fans love running backs. (laughs) They love big running backs. Secondly, we know they love tight ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, big pass catching tight ends. Well, that's what they got. They they wanted offensive linemen. They got offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They got linebackers. This is this was a Steeler fans' dream draft in a lot of ways. Maybe it didn't fall exactly how everybody thought it was going to, including including us. I thought that they would uh, prioritize the the slot cornerback and in, in linebacker positions a little bit more. But they got the guys that they needed.
0: Yes, they did, and in fact, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Because both you and I thought they were going to move earlier on some of those defensive positions. But we got to take a quick break. We come back, we'll get into the back end of the Steelers NFL draft and maybe where some questions about where they could have gone. On the Lolly Carter Steelers and NFL Draft Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. It's post-draft. We just got done talking on DK Sports Radio. By the way, you can subscribe to us for free on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts or hosts. Rated five stars. Leave us a positive comment. But we just got done talking about the offense. And as soon as those four picks were over, Kevin Colbert and the Steelers got to work on defense. They get Buddy Johnson, linebacker out of Texas A&M, big guy, 6'1", 260, uh, and, and actually, uh, you know, he didn't come up in some of the, 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 charts that I got on numbers from pro Daysdale. but when I, when I pulled up his numbers from Jim Nagy and, and, and the, the, the NFL scouts, they compared pretty well to the linebacker class uh, of the guys who, who I did have charts on. And he comes off like a run stuffer who can help in that way, who, who can help. And you and I were talking about how the Steelers, they need to get someone that compliments Devin Bush, you didn't need to get a, a you know, a, another speedy guy like Owusu Koromoa who went to the Browns, but you needed a guy who was going to help engage blockers. And that's something that's right in uh, a, a buddy's calling card.
1: Yeah. Um, he's a fast linebacker. Yeah. Uh, he needs to get better with some of the instincts I agree. Uh, that will come. Um, you know, that was something that, you know, when they, tr- when they took Bud Dupree in the first round, I said, look, th- th- you know, he-, he needs to get better with his instincts. Um, as a first round pick, you don't necessarily get the time to do that. But as a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick or a fourth round pick, you do. Yeah. So, you know, he's not going to be expected to be starting right away. He'll have time to learn and get better. And so that's a solid pick, you know, down in the draft.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, because uh, Jerry Osovsky was talking about it in his press conference saying, you know, what spoke to us was he was attack first, you know, and we like downhill linebackers. And, uh, you know, Vince Williams, he's, you know, he's a guy who's kind of made it, hey, but Vince isn't fast. Vince isn't a guy who has those the number, the kind of uh, pro day numbers, the kind of like, you know, athletic numbers that uh, that Buddy's bringing here to this to the Steelers, uh, to the Steelers defense. So that's the interesting prospect of him but it really seemed they stuck to get, keep into the trenches as far as their defensive picks as well. You know, we looked on offense, two offensive linemen tight end running back, you know, defense, you know, they go out here, they get a, they get an inside linebacker. Who's a, who's a hit first run stopping type of guy. They go and get a defensive uh, defensive lineman and Isaiah Loudermilk out of Wisconsin, who he's, he's big, he's almost 300 pounds, but he also plays, you know, and uh, uh Carl Dunbar was like, Hey, this guy plays zero technique, three technique, five technique. He, we, he moves it around. He said, he, he reminds him of a young Cam Hayward, which I was like, okay, that's ambitious, but I get what he's <laughs> saying. <laughs> like I, I, I get it. Cause he's big. And he can do different things, and you want to capitalize on that. And then they get Quincy Roche out of Miami, uh, an edge rusher, who some people were mocking in the third round. That, those are three guys immediately that, like, hey, if they, don't, if they don't get a whole bunch of snaps right away, they're at least depth to address spots on the defense that you need to keep fresh legs in.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, uh, you know we've heard over and over again, Steelers need to start getting younger at defensive end you can't just continue to throw seventh round picks at it, yeah. you know, but at the same time, I, I get it because, you know, it, it, Cam Hayward's a first round draft pick. Stefan it's a second round draft pick. Right. Those guys are going to eat the majority of the snaps. <clears throat> so where do you spend that pick at? Well, a fifth round pick is, you know, what the, the it's kind of the going rate to acquire a, a, a veteran player, as they did with Chris Wormley. So why not use a fifth round pick to uh, to go get a defensive lineman who you're going to have for four years? Um, you know, and, and they know what he is because he ran a similar defense. Uh, you know, at, at Wisconsin, they know the coaching staff at Wisconsin well. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And and you know, I don't care where the pundits talked about this guy getting drafted at. You know, they were also the same the same people were talking about Quincy Rocher mm-hmm. being a third round draft pick. Uh, A fourth round draft pick. Well, they got him in the sixth. Um, You know, you could go on down here. You know, they the Steelers signed Shakur Brown uh, after the uh, the uh, the draft. Uh, The kid out of uh, Michigan State. Um, He was supposed to be much higher than that. So you never know exactly what's going to happen with this. It's all guesswork, and and people need to understand that um, when you're looking, when when analysts are looking at the picture as a whole,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're looking at all teams. They're not sure. looking specifically at a single team. Uh, you know, a team like the Steelers looks at a guy like Loudermilk and says, Ooh, that guy would fit really well into our defense mm-hmm. as if as a three, four defensive end. Um, you could say the same thing about saying Aaron Smith back yeah. in the day.
0: Yeah.
1: Aaron Smith wouldn't have the same value to a team that runs a four, three that he did to the Steelers who run a, a three, four, uh, because he was a true 3-4 defensive end. Both fifth-round picks, uh, you know, fourth, fifth-round picks. I'm not saying that Loudermilk's going to be Aaron Smith or anything like <laughs> no. that, but, you know, that's the value of these guys. You know you know what they are, and if they fit in your system, the value is the value. I don't care what the, the draft analysts have to say about it. Uh, and obviously the Steelers valued this kid because they traded a future pick to go get him.
0: Right. They traded a future fourth round pick. And when explaining it, uh, it kept Kevin Colbert's like, hey, like we know we're getting a comp pick next year for Bud Dupree. So we figured we're not spending that pick, but we're going to get we're we're giving up a fourth round pick to get this guy who we think is is valuable to us right now. And, And yeah, sure. They brought back Tyson Lulu. They got Chris Wormley, but they do need to at some point get a guy who's going to help them. Who's younger. As a this puts line. everybody
1: else in that defensive line room on notice. It
0: does too. Yeah. You know,
1: it, when you look at Isaiah bugs, when you look at, uh, you know, Carlos Davis, who they drafted last year, mean bugs was a sixth round pick Davis, a seventh yeah. round pick. Um, you know, I did radio all, all weekend with Arthur Moats, uh, or we did a show, a show with him, a draft show on the Friday night. And he was talking about, you know, the, the history of, you know, his time in the NFL how when he was with the Bills and with the Steelers, they kept drafting players at his position every year, high first, second round guys, yeah. and it puts you on notice that like, hey, I better be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta, I gotta be better than what I was. So this that, you know, when something when the team overdrafts overdrafts you, in the same at the same position, it kind of tells you like, oh man, I better kick my game up a, a, a couple notches here. I'm not going to make this.
0: Right, and, 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 like you said, that puts you on notice. Uh, and that's something that you and I talked about with what might need to happen in some in, in some of these position rooms. And you know, you got a lot of guys, and they 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 signed some more guys before the draft. Uh, you know, as you know, backup defensive linemen. Yeah, they're they're saying like, hey, this is added to the room, and those don't matter to you as much. But when you see a guy drafted in the fifth round, you're like, okay, well, that obviously they're going to they're going to see what he's got. Um, So, yeah, like Isaiah Bugs, who, you know, looked like he was taking a step forward and then didn't take a step forward last year. This is going to be a challenge to him. Hey, you better you better step up. And Carlos Davis, who I think did show a little bit of promise last year, being a seventh round draft pick and and playing limited snaps. um, You know, it's going to be okay. What else have you done to improve your game? So I, I thought that was interesting there. I wanted to ask you about this, Dale, because. Slot corner was something that you and I wrote about a lot about, talked a lot about. They end up not getting a, you know, a, a, a slot corner in the middle round. Sean Wade ended up going to the Ravens. Um, you know, they didn't, you know, there were people like Damar Hamlin went to the Bills and like other guys bumped around. But you were sitting there in the, in the, in the seventh round. They end up getting Trey Nor, Norwood for the secondary. And then you said like they signed Shakur Brown. And, you know, I see some people being like, well, the, the secondary's doomed. But they seem to forget that Mike Hilton, the guy that they're upset about losing, was an undrafted player who came in, filled in right away at, at slot corner.
1: Yeah. I mean, guys come from all different places here. And and so we'll see, uh, you know, see how this whole thing shakes out. They, they signed a bunch of cornerbacks. They could go to the, the veteran market at some point here too, as well. Yes. Uh, to get, a, to get a slot cornerback. If they get a look at these guys and, and decide that, Hey, uh, this is going to take more time than we think, or, Uh, You know, we want to get one of these guys in here right now. Uh, That's certainly a possibility. We looked at that. That's why we didn't think they were going to draft a tight end uh, because there were some veteran tight ends out there. You go, okay. they can ignore the tight end position in the draft because, you know, maybe they don't want to take one in the first or second round. Obviously, they weren't going to have a chance at pits. Uh, You know, did they want to spend a second or third round pick on a tight end? Well, maybe not. So they just go out and sign you know, Jesse James or, or, you know, someone of that nature. Well, right. they don't have to do that now, uh, but you still have the potential to do that, uh, you know, at cornerback. If, if you, you take a look at this, uh, come out of this and, and say, okay, we're still a little short at cornerback, bring in a veteran guy. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, and you got, you've got you got a little cap space to do so, so why not?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. They kind of, They kept that door open, as a lot of NFL teams have. You know that that when we were talking about before the draft, with how the Ravens are waiting until after the draft to sign Villanueva, so it doesn't count against their comp picks. Well, now they're still going to be able to. The Steelers can can do the same thing. It won't count against their top their comp picks to go get some guys either. Um, and 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 here's the thing is that when you get a veteran a veteran corner who's who could who could play the slot, now you're saying okay, not only do you have these guys that you that you that that you drafted that you're hoping push for time you You got guys with experience that you can fall on, um you know Brian Poole is still out there, you know the a twenty year old slot slot corner,
1: and there'll be uh, some guys that get cut loose here in the next week or two as teams that, yep. look at their roster and you know, oh well, we you know we got three rookies here, we don't need this guy's a little too expensive mm-hmm. um you know there's, there' are gonna be guys that 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 are are not on the free agent market right now who even after June first when teams can cut you know cut guys to save a little bit more money we'll get, you know, we'll be cut loose. So what the roster looks like today is not what the roster might look like going into training camp in August.
0: I agree entirely. And that that's part of what we're trying to talk about here is that, and we we were talking about before is that like, hey, draft's going to be over. There's still going to be moves to be made. You know, there's, there's still a lot of guys out there. And and even, you know, even as far as non-Steelers, like, you know, what other teams are going to do. Sheldon Richardson is still out there. The guys, the Browns let go. Steven Nelson is still out there. Casey Hayward is still out there. Um,
1: Another slot corner that, you know, bring that guy in and and, and certainly, uh, you know, would be a a solidifying factor.
0: If the Steelers found a way to get Casey Hayward, at one point this dude was an all pro corner. To me, that would be, and granted it would, huh? Playing
1: in the slot, by the way. Right,
0: exactly. That's playing a whole different ballgame. And and for all the people that was like, well, they're doomed because they let go of Steven Nelson, even though they're overlooking Cam Sutton. Casey, hey, we're coming in. That's a different st- Like that, that that should put all of that to bed right away. Granted, yes, he's 31. We know that he's not the same he used to be. That's still experience there. That's going to help out, help out right away. While you're hoping that one of these late, these guys that you either drafted or signed signed right after the draft um, can work out and help by the way. And oh, by the way, they, you still got James Pierre that, that, you know, showed it like, Hey, he's at least sticking to it and fighting and trying to grow as a player. So I think the Steelers have done a heck of a job with this draft, at least, finding the guys with the right values at different point of the draft so that they can say, Hey, we're, we're still building for the future, but we also use this draft to address things that can help us compete better this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, we'll get to see these guys here in a couple of weeks. We'll see how this all plays out, but uh, lots of, uh, lots of new faces, lots of uh, interesting picks here Uh, should be a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. You can read all of it. If you didn't get enough right here, you can read all of it on dkpittsburghsports.com. Dale and I have been writing and writing and <laughs> writing for days weeks really we were preparing for it now we got all the content here so read our breakdowns I've done a Carter's Classroom on Najee Harris already Dale's been breaking down everything each day Uh, we got tons of analysis tons of information go to go to the website check it out subscribe to us if you're not already Uh, we got a lot of great stuff there and of course if you need your fix on everything else going on Pittsburgh sports we're doing that as well I also wrote about the pit players Uh, do check us out we'll also have a pit podcast on the pit players who were drafted and who weren't drafted um, right here on the H2P podcast on DK Sports Radio. Thanks again for listening to the Lolly Carter Show. If you're enjoying us, please subscribe to the, to the DK Sports Radio. Um, get us five stars, leave us a positive comment. All that stuff really helps us out. Be back in the ears very soon with more from, on Pittsburgh sports.